Welcome to Beyond Synth. Please note, Beyond Synth is an explicit program and may contain inappropriate language. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Hey there, welcome to Beyond Synth. I am your host, Andy Last, and this is the show where we talk to cool people who make cool music, and that is what we are going to do today, except we're not necessarily talking to musicians today because we are going to be taking listener calls, because believe it or not, this show has listeners, and uh, some of them wanted to call in and chat with me, and so that's what we're going to do today, but we're going to listen to cool music. I'm going to take a sip of tea. Are you supposed to go... After you drink tea, I feel like that's a cold beverage thing, right? Is there people who do that like after they drink wine? <laughs> I feel like that takes away. That wouldn't be as classy. Did you see the Monet I purchased? It's absolutely delightful. <laughs> I don't know what this scenario is. So look, let's uh, start listening to some tunes. Uh, maybe we'll read some mail and some junk email and some stuff like that. And then we will chat with some listeners. So what is in the... Beyond Synth Playlist. This is The Universe with the track Return to Forever.
And that was Return to Forever by the Universe. And uh, that's a cool song. I want to guys, I want to guys, I want to let you know. I want you guys to, I want to let you guys, fuck! All right, I want to let you, <laughs> right. I don't mean to do this all the time. It's weird. It's like you think, oh, he's got to get better at talking now. He's done like 156 episodes of the show. I don't know what it is. I can get in my head and I can think about producing the show all day. And the second I hit record, all of a sudden sentences just do not come out of me correctly. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. The point is you should check out BeyondSynth.com. Now, BeyondSynth.com is home to the Synthwave Artist Database or Database. And it's got over 500 entries of artists who make cool music. It's got all their social media links. And it even lets you know if uh, their music has been played on the show before or if they've been interviewed. So if you ever feel the need like if you're just joining the show and you go hey Andy have you ever had so and so on the show you can just go to the database and it'll tell you or the database but uh, yeah beyondsynth.com is definitely a cool place to go and you know that website was designed for me by a really cool guy called Mike Rezel and he makes fucking awesome websites which you should go uh, check out Um, so if you ever need someone to design your website check out Mike Rezel man he's fast he gives free hosting and he uh he builds in tools there so you can easily edit your site after you know when it's all up and running so i suggest you check him out it's m-i-k-e-r-e-z-l.com that's mikerezel.com and uh yeah go check him out man he's got a fun website too it's funny he's got an idea there that i someone joked that the loading bar on beyonce should have been a picture of my face but i think mike's already done that himself on his own website and it would be weird of me to request that now But I'm happy with it because I think it all looks great. Uh, And also, Beyond Synth is brought to you by Retro Revolutions. Jared has been a great sponsor to Beyond Synth, and he's doing really cool stuff on his YouTube channel, Retro Revolutions. Uh, He takes old video game consoles and mods them and does interesting things to them. And you should go check it out. I think the... He's partway through an Atari Lynx series right now where he's turning an Atari Lynx into a console uh, version of an Atari Lynx, and it's uh, it's pretty neat stuff, and you see how it how it all works. You know, he opens them up and solders things and shows you how it's done, so it's a cool site to check out, and that is Retro Revolutions on YouTube. You can also follow him at Retro Faith Games on Twitter and Retro underscore Revolutions on Instagram. And this week... Jared has made a request. He says, I want you to play some music from, from these people. He says, I want you to play some music from Strap Locked. And, uh, and he sent me this album, Stalemate, which I believe is Strap Locked and Ray Gun Hero. Now, he suggested some songs. I listened over the album, and I'm going to play the song that I really liked, because that's the way I... <laughs> I guess I'm not good at taking instructions, even from sponsors of the show, which is probably why <laughs> this whole thing's never going to work. Anyway, this is a track called Old Future Friends by Strap Locked and Ray Gun Hero.
And that was Strap Locked and Ray Gun Hero with the song Old Future Friends from the album Stalemate. So you should go check that out. And that was um, that was Jared's request from Retro Revolutions. Now, I do got to say, I always feel bad like I'm being misunderstood all the time. I think maybe my whole life I've just had just a long series of misunderstandings. So when I say that Jared suggested I play the song, that doesn't mean I didn't like the song. It's just... <laughs> I liked the song. It was a good song. I didn't want to give you that impression that I was simply playing your song as a favor to somebody else. I still go through it and I listen to stuff. You know, people say, hey, you should check out this band. I say, okay, and then I listen and then I find the songs. I'm like, hey, this is the special one. And then I play that one and everything's good. Everything's good, right? Whatever. The point is that that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. We've got some new supporters this week. Talis. And Pattern Shift, uh, thank you very much for donating to the show. You people are cool. And we'll do the full Patreon uh, rundown in a little bit. But um, first, actually, you know what? I will read a Patreon message. This is from Love Machines from Ix. So this whole time I've been saying Love Machines from Ix because I did not know. But they've gotten in touch with me and said, Hey, Andy, love your show. I've been listening for at least a year, I think. Sorry I did not get back to you sooner. Sooner. (laughs) So we can add not being able to read to the list of things I can't do. Uh, Sorry I did not get back to you sooner. The name is pronounced Ix, as in the planet Ix, from Dune. And then he sent me a YouTube link. Many machines on Ix. Many machines on Ix. And this video is just (laughs) the line, Many machines on Ix looped 12 times <laughs> the fucking internet <laughs> I love how just there's just a YouTube video for everything you know what I think I've solved the world's problems I don't know how many people are going to back me up on this now I should say I've been recording interviews that are going to be coming out over the next two months and so I might say this again in like two months time and act like it's a new thought there needs to be some sort of planned social media reset all right The reason why this connects with me just watching YouTube is because I think a lot of people's problems could be solved if one day Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they all agreed that we're just going to erase everything. Like just one day just goes away. You still get to keep your account and your password, but all your personal information gets wiped, all the pictures, all the videos, everything. And you're warned. You have two months warning saying the big deletion is coming, you know, fucking September 14th or something. So you have all that time to back up your photos, back up your videos if you need to. And then they just wipe everything. And then, you know, you have the choice to put everything back up if you want to. But chances are people would actually use that as like a fresh start and say, well, you know what? I don't have to repost all 4,000 pictures of my kids. You know, I'll post my favorite five or whatever and stuff like that. And then, you know, if you're a popular YouTube channel, you can re-upload your entire content like day one. But I think what it would do is it would filter out all of the the fluff, right? Because there's so many YouTube channels that's just fucking junk that, you know, if they got their shit erased, they wouldn't bother putting it back up. And there's so much stuff on Facebook where you just think, man, there's like dumb shit you said like eight years ago and you don't really feel like going back through the whole list and fucking deleting individual posts or Twitter is the same thing, you know, and it would just be cool, I think. I know it's a weird idea, but I think this sort of fresh start would allow people a a little breathing room. You know, they could relax. And I think uh, people need to relax. That's my point of view. Am I wrong? Let me know if I'm wrong. Maybe it's a stupid idea. 
I think it's a cool idea. Another cool idea I have is to listen to some more music. So here is Alpha Bootis from the album Episode 1. And this is... God, why do I pick songs with weird names? You... Ecumenopolis. Ecumenopolis. Ecumenopolis? Ecumenopolis. Let's listen to it. <laughs>
And that was Alpha Bootis from the album Episode 1 with the track, I think it's Ecumenopolis or Ecumenopolis. It's one of those. Or maybe it's neither of those. Anyways, uh, it's a cool song. Uh, they have an interesting sound. Those people over there at Alpha Bootis. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters, the Pattersons. Uh, This week, the king of the Pattersons is Chris Williams. Chris Williams is the king of the Pattersons. And like most kings, I imagine he he sits in a big chair and eats just big chicken legs. I think it's just from watching so many cartoons. I always picture like that's what kings do. They just sit there and they and they eat the chicken leg kind of like, you know, in cartoons, whenever they would eat a drumstick, the way they would just pull the chicken off the bone, it just looked so good. Anyway, that's what Chris Williams does. Uh, and then there's Pattern Shift. Thanks, Pattern Shift. I shall go now research your music because I think you are. Uh, I think you make music, don't you? Let's see. Pattern Shift, sci-fi-influenced cinematic synthwave. Cool. So go check them out on Bandcamp, patternshift.bandcamp.com. There's some albums there. There's an EP, a few EPs. All right, I'll go check that stuff out. Sorry, I'm just like, reading the Patreon here for the first time, so I gotta, I gotta do my research, man. And then there's Jacob Wick with the 4488 who actually replied to my message about, uh, because I was calling him a civil engineer, trying to remind myself about what civil engineers are. And Jacob Wig Jacob Wig. (laughs) One of these days you'll be wearing a Jacob Wig. Uh, Subjectively fun fact. The civil part of civil engineering basically stands for civilian. So we design infrastructure not used by the military, because at one point somebody decided people other than the Roman Legion could benefit from roads and stuff. So thanks, Jacob Wick. And then, in the $25 club, there's Mr. Clint Dowling. And then there's Christian James, Mike Shima, Joey and Kendra, Gregorio Franco, and Chris Dance. How's it going, Chris Dance? Are you and Sven Bomanis crafting things out of metal? I hope you are. Make a staircase. And then, with the 1987, it is Frank Skinnicky. I think one of these days, Frank Skinnicky, I will go to the A&W and I will purchase their burger that is made of vegetable matter, I believe. I don't know what it's called, although I just saw the ad on YouTube. We'll call it the Vegetable Matter Burger. You know, that day when I feel like wasting six bucks, burn, and then... uh, All right, how about this? Did did my voice just do like a high-pitched squeak there? (laughs) I think we're finding out today that I'm part mouse. All right, look, let's go to the phones. All right, and who's this on the line, man? This is Richard Martin calling from dear fair city Dublin. How are you, Andy? I'm doing all right, man. What's uh, what's going on in Ireland today? I not much. I was just homesick with a bit of a cold. So uh, I thought when you said you were homesick, you were like missing your home, but you're actually <laughs> homesick. Is that correct? No, I am homesick. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am home from work. Yeah, sick. That's what's happening. I can't believe my call-in is just going to be about me being sick. But uh, Hey, man, this is what Beyond Synth is all about. It is. I, I'm a long-time listener since probably episode 15 or something. So I think I was one of the OG patrons as well. You might know me under the moniker, The Fear Merchant. That's me also. Oh, The, the Fear Merchant. <laughs> there you go. He merchants in fear. That's me. I also recall what you were on some other person's podcast and uh, and you mentioned listening to Beyonce. I did. I was uh, putting in the the good word, the gospel, spreading the good word, yeah, of Beyonce. I think I've probably given you 10 of those lovely listeners that you have. Yeah, man. I'm up to like 13, so... That's good. I guess we can say that uh, that it was uh, all down to Richard Martin, <laughs> the fear <Excellent>. merchant. <laughs> Great stuff. How many people are calling in today? Uh, just a few. You know, like two or three. Uh, it's, it's tricky with all the different time zones. Okay, that's good. Well, you have a bit of an international audience. There's always people coming in. If you recall, you're one of the people that got me into podcasting also. I was like, hey... If Andy can do it, I can too. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at things. Do you still are you still doing it? The Fear Merchant. I'm still doing it. Yeah, it's uh, 45 episodes in now, counting. So if I can get a little plug, it's called the Bizarre Cast. B A Z A A R Cast. There you go. Mm. Got a sneaky plug in there. Now. I'm gonna edit all that out. <laughs> I know you don't edit, Andy. <laughs> if that's what you consider a sneaky plug. <laughs> Get in under the radar. No, it's okay. No, great show, though. I really do enjoy it. It uh, always makes me laugh. I do listen to podcasts at by two speed, but not beyond synth, because I have to listen to the music normally. I never do the, the two-speed thing for shows. I never thought about doing that. Well, you get double the podcast in, you see, in the same time. Yeah, I just feel like I'd feel like a mouse or something. Like if I'm walking around doing my chores, and then in my ear, it's all like... You know, like I would go crazy, I think. You kind of build up. It's like uh, if you're drinking or doing drugs, you have to build up the tolerance to it. You'll you'll get used to it. I'm looking, can I get a by three? But there doesn't seem to be any by threes. I'm really trying to ramp it up. <laughs> be too squirrely, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, when, when you turn up the speed, though, it does it make people sound chipmunky or does it just feel like it's like removing frames? No, it doesn't. That only happens when you're actually doing a recording, but it definitely on the iPhones, it tones it down so it sounds normal, but just actually faster. Especially like Joe Rogan, because he's a big stoner. If you ever listen to him, he needs to be by two speed. Definitely. Yeah, I could see that. It's my top tip of today is start listening to everything but a music podcast by two. See, the thing is, I feel that Beyond Synth is full of so much nuance that it's the sort of show that you need to digest in real time. Look, I've got a lot of brilliant people on this show who have a lot of fascinating opinions, myself included, and I feel like that would be missed in, in chipmunk form. No, it would. I tried to speed up the sections where you do speak, but <laughs> it's the subtleties. The subtleties of the jokes. It was too hard just to keep going back in, changing the speed, so you're left at normal speed, so you're lucky. You're one of the lucky few. Maybe you're lucky too, because if you keep digesting podcasts, at like two times speed you're gonna like die in half the time like it's like your whole life is gonna be compressed yeah well it's creeping in now because youtube now is by two speed as well so i'm watching all the youtube on by two yeah <laughs> it's like adam sandler's click I, that's what i want to do just live my life at double speed i feel the same way because a lot like uh, adam sandler's movie click i want to live my life as if it's just a really shitty movie yeah <laughs> Isn't that everyone's life? A shitty movie? Have you ever watched Click? I have, yeah. I didn't watch it up by two speed. <laughs> that movie is the weirdest... Look, it's not a very controversial or new opinion to say that Adam Sandler makes poor films. Yep. But what I find interesting about the way in which Adam Sandler movies are bad 
is they're tonally so confused. It's like they'll always have these moments where you're like, what were you guys thinking? I can't imagine them sitting around a table like when I watched that fucking Ridiculous Six or whatever on Netflix, which was like this Western. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it literally has a scene where this boy watches his mom get shot in front of him. <laughs> right. Because that's like the origin story of like one of the characters that, you know, the bad guy killed his mom. Yeah. But this movie's supposed to, it's called The Ridiculous Six. And it's this wacky fucking slapstick comedy by with a bunch of idiots. And meanwhile, contains this flashback where this kid watches his mom get gunned down in front of him. And like blood splats on the kid's face. Yeah. Tonally, it's just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> like, this is... Didn't you see that this is so wrong? And Click. Click is like another one of those like, oh, you know, this is wacky comedic situations. And there's a scene towards the end where it like flashes forward to him as like an unloved old man dying in a park. Lot. Oh, it's horrendous. It's not funny. It's not a comedy anymore. <laughs> it's raining and he's like having a heart attack in like a parking lot in the rain and like, yeah. what the fuck were you guys thinking? Like, I understand like some comedies are allowed to have moments of pathos and, and emotion to sort of get you in there and you like the characters more and it might make certain situations funnier but like the Adam Sandler team, like they're so tone deaf that they'll throw in a scene like that that's just off-putting and depressing because he's also in like some weird rubbery old man makeup. Like, you're just watching this scene like what the fuck is going on why would you think that that was appropriate to put in a comedy film like it's just bizarre I find that with most comedies though they, it's always like the best jokes are in the trailer and then everything around that is actually my life is shit I'm fucking manic depressive I'm about to kill myself and then some wacky thing happens which you know hilarity ensues and you're like what what's just happened here what's just happened here is like my default sentence when watching Adam Sandler films that's like <laughs> the whole time is just like what the fuck is this uh, look we gotta listen to some tunes man so i'm just gonna go into my uh folder here all right let's listen to a track by mr creep this track is called rabbit dance
And that was Rabbit Dance by Mr. Creep. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. In the $15 Club, there's Action Jackson and Ken Giroux and Hampus ML. All cool people. Action Jackson. And then with the 1111, it's the lovely Chris Lyle Lane. And uh, some of my $10 Patreon supporters there's Fraser Davidson, Robert Wolf, Kemsen Games, and Lucas Ceballos. Thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. And if you want to join them, you can head over to patreon.com slash beyond synth. Or you can just uh, type in beyondsynth.com and click the donate button. And we are back. We are on the line here with Richard Martin, a.k.a. The Fear Merchant. And we're talking about bad comedy movies. And uh, but, but I just got to say, like, for me, movies that are labeled comedy, I don't often find as funny as movies that just have funny stuff in them. Yeah, yeah. I can watch, like, Pulp Fiction and find more to laugh at in that film than when I watch a movie that's, like, labeled comedy. Comedy movies now are just, I don't know what to make of them. They're really formulaic now and stuff. Like Anchorman 2 came out, that was like, fell flat in his face because it was like trying to recapture the magic and stuff. It just doesn't really work anymore for the comedies, really. Especially everything's multi-franchise now. We got Avengers 16 coming out. Oh, it's more than 16, dude. Is it at this stage? Well, I mean, it's not Avengers 16, but it's Marvel movie number 19, I think, isn't it? Yeah, it might be. I think some theaters down in the US are uh, doing a 32-hour marathon ahead of the Avengers. So it's like all the key movies in a row in chronological order. And that just sounds horrendous. Couldn't be doing that. Yeah, I think my spine would just go numb from like <laughs> just sitting there that long. But uh, anyway, look, enough about movies, man. What uh, what do you do like uh, for a living? I sell things to labs. This research equipment is the day to day is what I do. Nothing too interesting. <laughs> Like beakers and vials and stuff? Uh, no, it's more actually the bigger machinery, like high-performance liquid chromatography equipment, that kind of stuff. HPLCs, if you've heard about them. No. Like for testing, we'll say, crude samples of something. And then if there's materials A, B, and C that you're going to kind of extract them out and then see how much of it is in a sample. What, how do you define a crude material? So what we do is for neuroscience. So but Like a copy of Nave magazine? Uh, what would it be now? Uh, we'll say it would be... Thing called microanalysis where you put it into a mouse or rat's brain and then you siphon out their like actual brain fluid have you heard of serotonin and dopamine those happy chemicals yes. yeah so then you put it through the hplc and they'll be able to detect then how much serotonin or dopamine is in the sample so if it was for research on like alzheimer's or depression or whatever it would be like oh the, this is low in that type of mouse so so like once they stick the needle in the mouse's head and suck its brain out it's just like hey look how happy this mouse is now like we can do we can do the same thing to people <laughs> well the mouse would it would be like a certain type of disease so it'd be like an alzheimer's type of mouse so they would have to see then i'm just giving like a, a very bad example but that's kind of what the machine does you like quantify different chemicals but that's one application is the uh, microdialysis I just described sucking out the brain out it's uh I just sell the stuff I don't do <laughs> I don't do the uh experiments so so when when do you get time then to merchant in fear well I release every two weeks so kind of gives myself plenty of time I don't know how you do it weekly especially given how long the episodes are so I commend you on that mm. listeners Andy's doing a stand-up job because uh I was always like oh that's so easy just press record fill in a few things and uh I get what you mean with the editing because I get very like picky with that. Just you know, 
editing out dead space and ums and ahs and people hesitating. Oh, yeah, man. Clean all that up. It takes a long goddamn time. And it's it the does. organizing of things as well, like just actually um, finding time to record with people. And that's often like a sometimes weeks to months long fucking back and forth. I don't know why I did an interview podcast because you constantly have to have guests in the pipeline. Like when I see your episodes where you get like repeat people back just to like fill the gap, I'm like, I know your fucking plight, dude. <laughs> like <laughs> you had a load of stuff that fell through or people were busy. For me, it's um, I have to enjoy doing the show. Yeah. And so people I've met through the show, if I have fun conversations with them, yeah, it's an easier edit for me to go back and say like, oh, I'll have, you know, Droid Bishop back on the show or Adam McNabb or something because I know we'll have fun. Yeah. It's when people come out from the dark and you're like, what are these people going to be like? I've interviewed a few people. I obviously won't name them, but the edit made them come off a lot better than they did because there might have been like five second pauses between talking, practically stuttering. You're just like, oh my God, I have to edit all this. <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking as I'm recording them I'm just like oh my god this is going to be a nightmare I wonder will I have to scrap it do I have anyone in the background I can like replace this with etc get a computer voice just substitute them so if they start getting too boring yeah. and all of a sudden it just cuts in like <laughs> and then I went on a motor ski ride I skied off a mountain you know and then just throw yeah. it in. that's very interesting that you did that <laughs> like it's quite niche like I suppose it's independent horror I guess is the podcast mostly so it's like authors musicians directors writers like the whole scope so plenty of people reach out I don't know how does it work with you do you look for people do they come to you I'd like to know a little bit of insight maybe the listeners want to know or is it all secret you don't want to see how the sauce is made I have a formula in my head on who I ask to be on the show yeah people do get in touch with me and they say I'd like to be interviewed on your show and because of the format of the interviews if it's a first time guest I like them to have enough content to talk about yeah and if I like them and we have fun then they're always welcome to come back for a return thing I wouldn't have them as a guest though if I didn't like their music uh, yeah like as far as I do now like I like to like the person's songs yeah and that's pretty much what guides the, the thing and then you know then there's some people now who I'll always have back on the show even if they have no music I mean like like the guys from Look Is Sad or whatever like you know they haven't put out music in like 10 years oh, of course they haven't released in years have they yeah but they're fun to talk to so I will always have them on yeah I think the first time I listened to their episode they had like released their last album or whatever like it was that long ago the first time they were on I was like whoa <laughs> they haven't released I can't even believe I'm listening to the show for like three years how long is it going now 2013 yeah I mean time flies mm-hmm. I think I'm coming up on nearly two years myself so it goes really quick yeah man it's mad yeah when are you gonna stop episode 200 yeah I'm almost gonna stop with this one this one's pretty shitty right so we'll just uh, <laughs> we'll stop the show here that makes sense yeah I'm glad I'm a good punctuation mark <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. Go out with a bang, Andy. Fucking right, man. Well, look, it was uh, it was good talking to you. Well, Andy, you take care of yourself for the rest of the day and enjoy your weekend. And uh, I look forward to this episode. As far as the weekend's concerned, I'm just going to be like injecting myself with like mouse brains all weekend and getting that sweet serotonin. Yeah, hit me up if you need supplies and uh, I'll, I'll hit you up, get it into Canada. Yeah, man, I need a H. HPL machine HPC what was it HPLC HPLC yeah. fucking hypo pronged litimus crunch <laughs> whatever with HPLC I need some TLC because I'm still dying sick <laughs> 
that's a tender loving care that's what I need that's what we all need Andy the world needs some DLC see you're no more a fear merchant than you are a merchant of empathy and light in these dark times I, I like to say that I'm a cheer merchant I like to spread cheer okay well then you've spelled it wrong you see because on the thing it I says did. fear merchant yeah I can't it doesn't fit that many letters in on Twitter you see so that's the problem <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> All right, man. Well, you have a lovely Irish day and fucking uh, rock on. Perfect. Great talk, Andy. Take it handy, Andy. All right, and that was my chat with the Fear Merchant, aka Richard Martin. Uh, we're doing a little call-in show today, so listeners are calling in. So let's listen to some more music. So this is Level Minus One from the album VR Revolution, and this is The Hacking Machine.
And that was The Hacking Machine by Level Minus One from the album VR Revolution. Now is brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $10 Club. It's Justin Armour, The Patch Bay, Blake Peterson, Martin Larby, Digital Dreams, Power Loader, Trevor Resnick, Poly Digital, and Elias Garnier. All cool people in my book. And if you want to help support the show like these cool people, you can go to beyondsynth.com and just click on the donate button. So what do you want to do now, man? You want to go you want to go back to the phones? Yeah, let's go back to the phones. All right, well, who's this on the line? Uh, this is Orlando Rodriguez Nave. Oh, I see. Nave. <laughs> so I've been saying Neef. I say Orlando Rodriguez Nave. Yeah. Well, it's pretty cool, actually. You know, it was one of the reasons why I thought, like, I need to be a patron, you know? Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was at the office and then I let everyone hear my name, you know, like the way you say it and so on. I was just trying to show off or something, but nobody <laughs> cared about it, really. <laughs> No. <laughs> kind of a bummer anyways M- but yeah. mista- mistake number one is to think that anyone cares about this show uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do care <laughs> so 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 it's Orlando Rodriguez Nafe that's right nay okay I'll, I'll make sure to uh, make that correct in fact what we're recording right now is going to air many months after we record it so I will I will have made the correction by now. <laughs> That's fine. My first name is Rodriguez. It's Spanish. Mm. Everybody uh, spells it incorrectly in Holland. But mm. when I'm in Spain, my second surname is Dutch. Everybody makes also a mistake. So, I mean, I'm so used to not hearing my name. <laughs> so, is Orlando not your first name? Yeah, Orlando is my first name. But I have a Spanish surname, which is a compound surname. So Ah, gotcha, gotcha. You see? Yeah. So, Rodriguez yes. is my first surname. That's from my dad, who's Spanish. And then Naif is from my mom, who's Dutch. So I want to do it like you do it. It's because you kind of like roll the R. So you go like, Rodriguez. Now, how do you do the uh, the end part? Do the whole name? So you mean Rodriguez? Rodriguez. Yeah. That sound is difficult for me to make, like the end part. The tss. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. I mean, I try, actually, I used to be a teacher. I used to try to make people approximate the sounds of native languages and so on. Mm. But that one is about the most difficult one if you don't uh, acquire it when you're a child. So, you know, like the Z and the and the and all that stuff. So it's kind of like a TH sound, right? So if I go like Rodriguez, like that, no. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. It's like think or something, you know, the TH. Uh, yeah. Rodriguez. Yeah, that's right. Orlando, Rodriguez. No, I can't fuck. Hold on. <laughs> Orlando. Rod- fuck me. Now I can't even do it. Hold on. Orlando, Rodriguez, Neef, Neff, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, try again. Orlando Rodriguez Neif. Neif. What did I say? Neif. Neif. So Neif. Neif. Yeah. Neif. Okay. Orlando Rodriguez Neif. That's right. That's That comes pretty close. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to forget this in two seconds. I'm pretty sure as well, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, because you only speak English? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I, I can do minimal French, but not well enough. Like if people coach me, I can say French things, but in conversation, I can only say like a few basic things. Ah, all right. I thought so. I, it's not like that everyone in Canada has to learn uh, French as well as English or something, because both are official languages, right? Yeah, you you have to learn it. 
but you don't have to know it. <laughs> so, like, when you go to school, like, French is one of the classes you take, like, when you're in public school. All right. But in Quebec, the French speakers, and, and if you live in places like Montreal, Montreal is a pretty bilingual city. All right. Everyone who lives in Montreal pretty much speaks French and English. Most people in Quebec, I think, can also speak English, but most of the English people in the rest of Canada don't necessarily speak French. Oh, all right. It's like that. I, I'm curious to know if other people that listen to your show relate to things that I think when I listen to your conversation. By the way, I am working in a bank. Okay. That was another reason for me to become a Patreon, because you said, I think you commented once that you worked in a bank. I didn't work like as a teller. I didn't work upstairs in the bank. I worked in the basement where we had to count the money and open up envelopes. All right. Yeah, so it was more of a like a manual labor job than it was a ripping off old people job. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying... Actually, I'm working in a bank. Is uh, an ethical bank. You know what's that? No. <laughs> yeah, they, they really exist around and so on. And this, this is a bank that goes really for uh, only green investments and And, uh, they stay away from fossil fuel mm. and all that type of thing. And yeah, they are very idealistic and so on. And that's the reason why I joined them. I don't know if you you know a bank that's called ING? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ING Direct. Yeah, exactly. Those people. So the president of the um, of this bank, uh, this is a Dutch bank, by the way, and the president uh, decided to double his salary from 1.5 to 3 million. So people got so angry that we couldn't uh, gather all the all the people that wanted to to jump from ING to this bank where I work now, you know? So it's that type of bank, you know, a little bit like um, idealistic and so on. So that makes it a bit more bearable, but it's still a bank. Yeah, that sounds interesting, man. Ethical banking. But how about we listen to a song and then you can tell me more about ethical banking. So what do we got here in the hopper? We got, uh, here's a track. This is Stardust Rendezvous by Major Rager. <laughs> Thank you. 
And that was Major Rager with the track Stardust Rendezvous from the album Per Aspera Ad Astra. I don't know what that means. And that was brought to you by my lovely $10 Pattersons. There's Murat, Playmaker Media, Ashley Keegan, Greg Smith, fucking Slunks, Will Lowe, Winfield, and Colin Bennett. And we are back here. We're taking listener calls today, and I am chatting with Orlando. And we're talking about ethical banks. So, is it actually referred to as an ethical bank? Yeah, that's it. And there is a whole network of all these banks that try to do things differently. Well, I mean, the thing is, right, I'm not like one of them, like, anti-capitalist type people, but I do feel like things would be nice if people didn't need so much of a bonus. Sometimes people just think, like, oh, banks are evil and all this stuff. I'm like, the, the idea of a bank is fine, and even the idea of, you know, collecting interest on your loans is fine. I just don't get why it has to be so high. Like, as long as you can sustain the employees that work there, like if you're at a bank, so obviously you have to charge some sort of interest and stuff, and you have to invest money in certain things. But if you just didn't need to make so much money, everything would be fine, you know what I mean? Like, you just charge enough interest that pays the salaries of the people who work there, and, you know, everything would be good. It's just that whenever the fucking CEOs and all these other assholes need to make, like, fucking, like, $50 million, it's like, why do you, why do they need to make that much money? Like, they don't. It's... it's incredible i was working uh, before the, because i've been working for these people uh, a year and a half and i was i thought oh yeah probably it's all marketing and in the end it's just the same story you know and i was working for nasdaq uh, you know the stock market thing and you know these are the, the people that go for the money and so on you know it's really obvious and uh, and ridiculous i read an article about this but i don't know I also don't remember the article or the number, so what I'm about to tell you is ridiculous because it has no information, but it was charting the happiness of people and how much money you need, and then there's sort of like a cap. You know, it's good to make more money. You can feel more secure. Uh, you, you're not stressing out. Obviously, you know, like if you make like $100,000 a year, you're going to be maybe a little less stressed than someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. Like, that makes sense. But then there's a certain amount of money where once you reach that threshold, you're not really any happier or more satisfied. And I think it was... Was it? Not, I think it was maybe ninety thousand. It was like if you make ninety thousand dollars a year, which is you know it's a, that's a good salary. Yeah. Essentially, you're not going to be any happier if you're making a hundred and twenty. What's more important, you're not going to be any more productive because that's mm. the thing. You know, is I, I do a uh, I'm a scrum master as well. You know, a what a scrum a scrum master. You know, from uh, this agile method of working. No. Are, okay, are you saying Scrum Master? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Actually, I applied for the job because I thought it would uh, sound cool. <laughs> what the scrum? fuck is a Scrum? Does that stand for something? Yeah, Scrum. Scrum, scrum you know, like from uh, uh, football, you know, like they got all together and they do the Scrum thing, you know, like I don't know what they say because I've never been into one of these football matches and so on, but they say like three, one, uh, you know, and they get all together. The Scrum? That's called a Scrum? Yeah. I'm not a sports guy. That sounds weird to me. Hold on, I'm going to type in Scrum. Yeah, uh, yeah. Scrum. S-R-U-M. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Scrum Master was the first thing that came up. Okay. <laughs> All right. What yeah, is it? Okay, hold on. Let me uh, let me read you the definition from whatis.techtarget.com. All right. <clears throat> A Scrum Master is the facilitator of an agile development team. 
Scrum is a mythology that allows a team to self-organize and make changes quickly in accordance with agile principles. The Scrum Master manages the process for how information is exchanged. <laughs> That's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> is, that, is that good? This is an article written by Margaret Rouse. Yeah, that's more or less it and so on. But, you know, like uh, I got into this because of the Agile Manifesto, you know, like it's it, there is a philosophy behind this and uh, you can read the Agile Manifesto in one minute because it's like five sentences. And I thought like, I mean, <laughs> I think this philosophy <laughs> will suit me. And so. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I found out about the Scrum Master, and I thought, like, it's really... Scrum Master. <laughs> I thought, like, I want to be a master. I want to be a master of something. I don't care about what. I just... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, I, I feel weird if I was a master of Scrum. Yeah. The word Scrum, to me, like, it's... <laughs> Scrotums. Well, yeah, cause, no, because it sounds like, yeah, like, it, in English, okay, so it's Scrum, so it's got the, sc- the scrotum, and then it's also, like, crumb, you know, like, when you leave behind crumbs from food. Yeah. <laughs> so, to me, like, when I hear the word scrum i don't even want to say the two the compound words now that i've just anyway the point is this you're doing very agile work yeah uh well actually i'm i'm out there uh you know like if people i think that there are probably people that work with you know in it or something and listen to a program anyways this is a very cool because it's more about human interaction than all these um, processes and documents and things like that you know and a scrum master is just um <laughs> yeah I, i'm not i'm gonna say master after this you know because like, scrum <laughs> it sounds like my kind of job because every day i just sit around just playing with my scrum <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm looking awesome. forward to a way to monetize that. <laughs> in all this agile thing is that you try to motivate people and to make it self-organizing and so on. And and one of the things that are very clear is that humans are not, you know, we are not machines. It's not like if you work 60 hours, you're going to be productive. That doesn't work like that. You know? So actually, you have a concept that is called um, Slack. See, I, I am a Slack master. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> so that's part of this thing, which is embraced by all these corporations that they really put it in practice but they all say oh yeah we're very agile and so on and one of the things is that you uh, recognize this slack thing you know like you you cannot be productive all the time and it's accepted and understood so like in my work I am listening to Beyond Synth and I am not hiding or something and that's how it is I I don't know if it's my company I don't know if it's uh, some European thing if I want to check Facebook I do it or something I'm not scared that my manager will come up and say Orlando what are you doing you know that's not (laughs) (laughs) you're not being productive would they be upset with you if they came by your computer and you're watching some of that Dutch porn (laughs) I think they would be concerned about me (laughs) (laughs) I think that's that's how it is I'll tell you something about Holland they are very conservative I came to this country I mean uh, you know the picture that you saw uh, of me is about the time that I came to this country when I had hair like long hair and so on and I came are you bald now? Yeah, man. Fuck. <laughs> Terrible. Not, not bald, but yeah. I kind of look like a friar if I <laughs> let my hair grow. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> so I, just, I shave and so on. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, like uh, team up with the hipsters and stuff. Well, hey, man, you got to team up with someone and uh, we got to listen to more music. So let's listen to this track by Kojex. From the album C33, and this is, you think this is Honka or Hanka? Honka. H-A-N-K-A. I'm going to say Honka by Kojax.
And that was Kojex with the track Honka, I think. H-A-N-K. If it turns out to be Hanka, I apologize, but I think it's going to be Honka. Uh, or maybe it's nothing. Who knows? Anyways, that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters. With the 777, it's the Rosconian and Skywolf. And it's Hugh Jones with the 669. And now it's time for the Donation of the Beast. These are all the people who donate $6.66. The donation of the beast. There's Alexandro Samaras, Luke BTD, Ross Pentland, Moose Knox, Rob Dyson, Street Cleaner, Orlando, Rodriguez, Naif, who we're talking to right now, Till Wild, Straylight, Carm, Love Machines from Ix, and Renton Brax. And rounding everything out, it's Polar Wildcat Studios with the 617. And we're back here with Orlando, who just said that he'd look like a friar if he let his hair grow. Which is crazy, because I know you from that picture that was on your social media. So do you have, like, do you shave your head now then, or what? Not shave it, but I trim it very short, yeah. So that picture of you, because you had, like, long, kind of curly black hair, right? Not curly, but, yeah, really long. And so that's that's from somewhere, you know, late 90s or something. <laughs> is, that, is that your dating profile when you go to like date women is that the picture you put on the site so that no they... because i want to avoid the <laughs> disgrace of <laughs> <afterwards>. <laughs> no but uh, i i wish i i could anyways what was i saying about uh for being sh- uh, i don't scrum oh yeah that's a scrum thing and so on you're gonna say the thing about holland is that they are conservative there oh yeah so when i came here you know with my long hair and my ideals well, one of the ideas that i thought i would have is that you know that you come here and you get high and you get laid by all these blonde girls. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something ain't gonna happen because this is not how it works here. Oh, that's too bad. Now I, I'm over it, but when I was 20, I was pretty disappointed. The thing is that if you go to a coffee shop here, you barely see Dutch people, really. It's crowded, and but it's all, always foreigners or something. Right. That's very disappointing. And um, Dutch girls, they, they are very interesting people. Uh, beings <laughs> maybe Canadian girls are the same I don't know but the thing is that they plan everything ahead and you you don't talk to them they talk to you so they're not impressed if you like fucking kick in the door and say like hey man ladies I'm the fucking master of scrum <laughs> <laughs> I tried it. Then they all just kind of like run at you and take their shirts off. I, that's how I imagine Holland to be. No, that's not the way it works. It's just, but I think it's something general from North Europe. It's disappointing because, you know, I'll tell you something. Nordic uh, European girls, in my opinion, they look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to confess now that my wife doesn't <laughs> hear me uh, say this. So they, no, they they are in this type of. Um, they don't know exactly where they are. You know, like they uh, how you call it? Uh, women are self sufficient and so on. It's uh, uh, big tits. <laughs> no man, I, how you how you call that? That they work and blah blah blah. <laughs> I forgot the, just the, the name. How how you say that? It's it's hard for me to like have a word for it because I just don't believe that women should work. <laughs> 
I know. But and I, I'm saying this as a guy who's a house husband. I'm a damn house husband. Like right now, you and I are chatting. I just put my baby down for a nap and I'm going to be making dinner. So like whenever I make these jokes about women in the kitchen, it's like I'm literally the woman in the kitchen here. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, by the way, I think it's a very cool addition. You know, when uh, for some reason uh, you say something about your kids or something, I, I think it gives uh, warmth uh, to your show. It makes it uh, also more closer, you know, like because I think, you know, I'd say uh, I'd, and this is a compliment. I think that you are very good in showing that you are a normal person without getting personal. You just wait till I become rich, man. <laughs> then all that normal person shit goes out the window and I'm going to start just throwing dirt on all of my listeners from a helicopter. I'm going to have a gold helicopter and I'll fly over all of them and just be fucking chucking garbage and compost at everybody. <laughs> but is it is it is it difficult? Um, Flying a helicopter? No, man. <laughs> to, to be a, a housewife, man, <laughs> if you know what I mean. The trickiest part is just that I just have no time. I got a baby running around the house and when you live with a toddler it's like living with an old drunk person because she just <laughs> runs around falling over things knocking stuff over throwing stuff uh, you know like that's pretty much like what baby I mean she's she's got a good attitude like she's a happy baby but like it's like she's just wasted bumping into things if I leave stuff on the counter yeah. Like yesterday, she just she just walked into the room holding this big box of like uh, uh, oatmeal cookies. She was just holding like five of them and just taking a bite out of each one. And I was like, "Fuck!" Because I left it too close to the edge of the counter, and she got it. So the tricky part for me is is producing this show beyond synth is actually like a full time job, but I don't have a full time income. I don't have anything. I don't have a full time income or the the time to put in. So it's like every day I have a window of about. A few hours but i also would like to enjoy myself during those hours as well and that's when i become a scrum master if you know what i mean <laughs> i see i see but listen you know like the reason i i had respect for what you do is because i thought you know of course you're a father and you have a lot of things to do and so on but if you listen to the show uh it has this very carefree attitude that i'm craving for in my very squared type of life you know the bank and and all that stuff you know and i hear somebody who's doing something that their own choice you know like you do what you want because you feel good at doing it which is really very valuable in my in my opinion, you know, my humble opinion. Well, I'm, I am fortunate that I can do this because my wife has a proper job and because I do have this time to spend at home. Like, I wouldn't be able to do this if I had a proper job. If for whatever reason I had to go and get like a full-time job, yeah. if anything happened, then like it would be very hard for me to produce the show. Yeah. Because I don't know when the fuck I would do it. But, you know, like adding people like Marco to the show helps a bit because, you know, he comes prepared with a song list and stuff. And, uh, you know, and I like chatting with Florence. Florence, I think she is really good. You know, like I really like her voice. She has a very nice type of voice. I really like how she said, hi, Andy, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also a very good idea that you don't get into all these technicalities about music and so on. Because honestly, I'm listening. I'm listening to your show because it's just a fun show to listen to. See, this is a note to my audience. Orlando gets it. 
All right. <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it. You don't need previous knowledge or you don't need to be into the scene and know who and what. You know, it's just like, that's it. It's fun to listen. And then you talk about things that I'm interested in. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's really cool. And what is uh, exactly you think that you are going to, um, the show is going to a different direction or you're going to keep it like this? Or what, what, what are your thoughts? What, what, what do you like to do? Every season, I like to just change something. Because mm -hmm. it makes it more interesting for me, right? So, like, adding Florence this season was, like, you know, that's the new change. That's what makes it interesting for me. So, if I can change up little things here and there uh, that makes it interesting and, and sort of keeps it fresh for me, then I think the show is always going to keep doing little changes like that. I don't imagine it having, like, a drastic change of any kind. But, you know, adding people, you know, if... If people don't want to do the show anymore then maybe like replacing them with other people and having different voices on the show like stuff like that but for, for right now it seems to be working the way it is so. yeah that's pretty good I really would like to help in, in some other way than being uh, than being a Patreon because I think that what you what you do is pretty cool but I'm not your angel investor yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think you can ever be an angel investor if you're working at an ethical bank. See, I, I need people who are working at unethical banks to be my angel investors. But whatever, it's all good. We'll just fucking pray to Scrum <laughs> and then uh, hope that something nice happens. Yeah, well, it was great um, meeting you through this thing. Yeah, man. I wish you all the best and all the things, and I'll put here and there some comments on uh, on your feed and stuff like that. And I don't know if I'm get if I get a bit better in business and I have a little more more time, I would like to contribute to help um, promote like for example if i go to parties around here i could try to talk a little bit about your your show <laughs> I'll, I'll, i'll send you some posters and business cards <laughs> you can throw them in the toilet of the bars you go to <laughs> orlando rodriguez nave yeah almost nave 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 <laughs> that's right <laughs> Very cool. all right man take care huh? yeah you too bye bye All right, and that was my conversation with Orlando Rodriguez Naif. Uh, and it's fun to to take listener calls. And yeah, let's let's. How about this? Why don't we listen to another song? Here's one from Astral Tales from the album Sifari, and this is the Ecstasy of Blue.
And that was The Ecstasy of Blue by Astral Tales from the album Safari. And that was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. Well, there's Tim Brawl with the 520, so he's sort of like the king of the $5 Club. And then there's Darman Jezezeling. <laughs> Talis. Talis is new, right? Looks new to me. Thanks, Talis, for your support. You're cool. I don't know if that's a male or female name. Talis. Could it be Tally? Anyway, you let me know. And then there's Josh Riley. Josh Riley, that's also a new one, right? Was that new last week? Anyways, Josh, you're cool. You know it, and I know it. And then there's Mads, Baron Christensen, Sarah Buchelman, Kyle Droll, Pipdig, Erasmus, Deep, and Mikey C. Uh, thank you all for supporting Beyond Synth. If you want to join them in supporting the show, check out beyondsynth.com and click the donate button. So, I don't think I have any letters to read right now. Maybe there's some junk email. Let's do a junk email. Here we go. Alright, so this is some junk email I got from Sir Antonio Di Agostino. Why does that name seem familiar to me? Agostino. Gigi. Isn't it like an Italian like dance music producer guy? Yeah, I think I'm right. Anyways, he says, My name is Signor Antonio Di Agostino. I am from Portugal. I have been diagnosed with cancer. It has defiled all forms of medical treatment. And right now, I have only about a few months to live, according to medical experts. I have not particularly lived my life so well, as I never really cared for anyone, not even myself, but my business. Though I am very rich, I was never generous. I was always hostile to people and only focused on my business, and that was the only thing I cared for. But now, I regret all this, as I know that there is more to life than just wanting to have or make all the money in the world. I believe when God gives me a second chance to come to this world, I would live my... What? Is that something God does? <laughs> I think this guy is praying to the wrong God. Is he talking about reincarnation? I believe when God gives me a second chance to come to this world. Is that a thing? As a zombie? <laughs> anyway, I would want to have a personal and trustworthy relationship with you as I intend and willing to empower the change of ownership for the transfer of my deposits to your personal possession. Well, there's a fucking sentence. <laughs> I intend and willing to empower the change of ownership for the transfer of my deposits to your personal possession. <laughs> I'm just going to start saying that to people. Hey, Andy, how's it going, man? Hey, man, I'm doing fine, dude. Yo, nice to see you. I empower the change of ownership for the transfer of my deposits to your personal possession. Fucking right, dude. Like that. <laughs> Don't worry about me, guys. I will send you the photos of me and my very hopeless and selfish family members. <laughs> I will send you the photos of me and my very hopeless and selfish family members. Like, <laughs> including my wife. What? <laughs> including my wife, 
who I learned is getting married to my personal friend and attorney. Ooh, so there's like this fucking double cross. This is wicked. Thank you for your due consideration. God be with you. You can reach me through my private email address at agostino6050 at naver.com. Yours, brother. Signor Antonio Di Agostino. I like the end. <laughs> Yours, brother. <laughs> All right, that was good. Uh, let's. <laughs> that was good. I have a very low standard on this show for what is good. Uh, let's listen to more music. Here's a track from Skywolf. This is The Polymath.
And that was The Polymath by Skywolf. And uh, remember, if you want to check out any of the artists featured on uh, today's show, just click the More Info button if you're listening on SoundCloud or on YouTube, and I have all the artists' links up there for you to check out. And that, of course, was brought to you by my lovely Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. It's David Andrews, the Englishman in Texas, Tomas Shimanek, Andrew Tukas, Rachel Buchelman, Sergio Matai, Binkley, Sven Bomanis. Christopher Albert and Daniel Dexias. All right, how about we uh, we go back to the phones here? Take another call. All right, well, who's this on the line? It's Ashley. Hi, Ashley. How's it going? I'm very well. How are you, Andy? I'm okay. Ashley Keegan. That's me. So what's what's going on in the life of Ashley Keegan? Oh goodness, what isn't going on? Um, All right, what isn't going on? <laughs> Well, no, a couple of weeks ago, actually, I was at the Outland Showcase in London, and that was a blast. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to see Dana, Jean Phoenix, uh, live, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got to have a drink with Sunglasses Kid, and I got to do uh, a bunch of other stuff. So, yeah, now that was pretty cool. That's fun. Yeah. Edward's like a tall dude in real life, right? He's really, well, anybody is tall in comparison to me. I mean, Dana was just amazing to me because she's about my height. Yeah, Dana's a tiny lady. She's like uh, four foot, I don't even think she's five feet tall. She's like four foot oh. ten or something. Oh, I'm five three, so that's, that's okay. You know, you gotta, you gotta give those four inches where they're due, but... um. Yes. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to make a dick joke here, but I, I, I need yeah, more time. Yeah, I kind of, you know, I left it open for you there. Even that's an innuendo. <laughs> um, <laughs> <sighs> that's the problem when you have when you have a brain that's like tuned to do innuendos. I uh, yeah yeah. Everything is a fucking innuendo. Like you don't even have to try. Exactly. That's why I like to cut away from innuendos and euphemisms and just blatantly say the thing. Because to me that's funnier. Yeah. Cut out the middleman. You know, just go straight in there. Even that. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because people. I think there's a lot of people who think that they're like somehow classier because they use euphemisms a lot in their humor. Like you see that a lot yeah, in sitcoms and stuff. Just go straight for the thing, whatever that thing is. On British television, it's full of innuendos. It's pretty much you know how they get by. Really. But we all know what they're trying to say. That's the thing. It's like you just want to turn to the audience and just be like, he's saying he wants to have sex with her. You know, like, <laughs> exactly. that's yes. the joke. That's so, it. Not on a wink to camera. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking nudge, nudge, wink, wink, man. Is your wife uh, a goer? Hey? Know what I mean? Know what I mean? That's nudge. That's nudge. Know what I mean? Say no more. Know what I mean? I beg your pardon? <laughs> your wife. Does she... Uh, does she go? Hey, hey, hey! Out of me, out of me! That's not say no more. Oh, she sometimes goes. Yes. I bet she does. I bet she does. I bet she does. Out of me, out of me! That's not. But anyway, what goes on in the life of Ashley Keegan? I think we were chatting before sometime about traveling, and, and I was talking to you about how, like, I did a lot of traveling when I was young, and I went to Europe and shit, and then you mentioned that you were, you were like, in France or something? France is kind of peculiar. I mean, I lived in France for nearly four years. I lived in Marseille, mm. um, absolute Valentine city, and um, I did find it very, very hard to get by or get along, because unless you're from France, you know, you're pretty much... Uh, you know, your backs to the wall kind of thing. But I enjoyed it for what it was. But um, the only thing I came out of it with was a language, which was great, I suppose. Once you have a language, you can kind of 
go anywhere really. But uh, yeah, four years in France. So were you you big into those dudes that had like the Tintin hair? Oh no! When I was in France the last time, all I remember was there was quite a few dudes that had Tintin hair. But to be fair, that was like the early '90s. I don't know if that's still a thing that goes on there. Oh, I don't think no. I mean, gosh, when I was in France, it was like late '90s, early 2000s. So no, I I didn't spot anybody with Tintin hair. That's for sure. Oh, that's okay. So what what did you do there, man? Like when you're in France? Well. To cut a long story short, I went over for love, really, and came back with nothing. So, to be fair, it was that my heart led me over there, and I had I came back. But um, when I was over there, I was actually um, obviously living in Marseille, but I was kind of working around. I went to the Alliance Francaise and learned some French, and you know, I learned more pretty much more French on the street more than I did in a, in a classroom environment but um, I suppose a lot of people say that so I kind of worked in different you know uh, did some waitressing for a while and just kind of got by you know I enjoyed it but um, it was an interesting three or so years for sure I mean I suppose you know traveling does broaden the mind it definitely broadens the mind so I wouldn't swap that time for the world Were you going there for a French dude who was already there? No I met, I met the French dude here and mm. we moved over there. Oh, I see. Were you taken by the accent? Is that what happened? Do you know, no. I believe it or not, I'm not really one of those people that fall for accents as such. I mean, I have preferred accents that I would sit and listen to for hours, but I wouldn't necessarily go with a bloke just because his accent sounds sexy, because that's a bit rubbish. Mm. I mean, there's no point in having sound without picture, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's the same thing with dudes. I don't think guys really care about accents. Oh, I don't know, actually, because the amount of people that says, oh, I like your accent, and I'm going, well, you know, it's just... It's nothing, really. Well, it's funny because I, I, a buddy of mine, he dated a British girl, dated, mm-hmm. uh, slept with, and <laughs> his takeaway was that he, he he couldn't handle that she referred to underwear as knickers. Oh, we, all, we do that here in Ireland as well. It's always knickers. It's not going to be underwear, ever. When we hear that word, it just sounds kind of childish, like juvenile. It's, like, like oh, really? it's like what a little kid would say. What do you guys refer to as, you just say underwear, do you? Or? Um... I guess when it comes to female stuff, I guess it's panties. I think we use panties. Okay. All right. It's kind of weird over here because if somebody says the words panties, we go, oh, that's a bit rude. Sort of. Well, that's the thing, because if it's rude, right, then it's more, it's like a, you know, language for the boudoir. That's very true. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, if you come in there and be like, ooh, I, I dropped my pantalons or whatever, you know, then someone's going to be like, <laughs> oh, you, yeah, yeah. it's like, you just kind of killed the the mood, you know, because you're saying silly things. Well, that's it. In, in France, French uh, from trousers is pantalons, so why not, you know? So you, you picked up a lot of useful stuff in France. Of course I did. Absolutely. So how did you get into the damn, uh, the, the synth wave. I always had a love for electronic music, so I loved Depeche Mode and Gary Newman and, you know, all those uh, aha, all that sort of thing. And um, it sort of progressed from there. And I sort of fell out of love with electronic music for a long time and I kind of veered towards rock. So I was into sort of Metallica and all these people. I blame that French guy. No, no. I mean, he was into some spurious shit. I just, no, definitely not following his uh, train of thought. But about two or so years ago, or even probably a little more, I um, was with another ex of mine. This makes me sound like a hoe, but I'm not actually... (laughs) 
I'm really not. Hey, man, I didn't say anything. You didn't have to. The silence spoke volumes. But no, I was on some sort of Facebook website. I think it was something to do with music or whatever. And then somebody linked your show. And I clicked on it and I said, hmm, this sounds interesting. And then I had spoken about your show to that ex of mine. And he said, well, here, you might like this. So he played me Carpenter Brute. And then I kind of went down the rabbit hole from there. And I've been pretty much swimming around that rabbit hole ever since. I'm one of those people that strides comfortably between synth pop and dark synth. I kind of like both, really. I know there are, you know, people out there that's kind of like one or the other, but um, I kind of like them both. Me too, man. I like it all. And we're uh, we're going to listen to some tunes now. So uh, what do we got to listen to? Here's a track from Coeur, which is, I'm saying it weirdly, but it's the French word for heart. C-O-E-U-R. Coeur. I can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, it's cool. This is from the album Prequel, and this track is called Ascension.
And that was Ascension by Kur. 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 It's a fucking hard word to say if you are English. It's the French word for heart. It is C-O-E-U-R. Check it out. And it is from the album Prequel. Kur. 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 Maybe I can just... I'll, I'll put in a sample of a French person saying it. Kur. Kur. Anyway, that was brought to you by my lovely $5 supporters. Uh, there's Star Nomad, Michelle Vasquez, Tim Ross, Neon Knox, Damian Rudies, Lee McConnell, Zychorax, Marco Cranendonk, and Corey Valentine. And now we are back with Ashley Keegan. We're taking listener calls today, and we're talking about synth wave and dark wave and shit. Uh, yeah, so so what do you uh, do for a living? I work in hotels for a living, and I work for a specific five-star hotel in Dublin. Mm. I'm sort of a, like a manager for the reservations. It's pretty cool. I mean, I've been at the game now. Well, not the game because I'm working in hotels, but eleven years is since uh, I've been there. So for my sins, let's talk about more of those sins. What's what now? Come on, tell me. What have you got in your mind? Oh, <laughs> hmm. here's a question for you, Andy. What's your motivation relating to that whole podcast? I mean, do, is it that you love doing it, or can it get real burdensome at times? Um. Well, I don't like when people ask me this question because <laughs> <laughs> I am compelled to do it. Or the power of sins compels you. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah, like, I like to do it. I like, I mean, it's sort of a, a marriage of a bunch of things I like. So part of it is that I like to be an entertaining person. Uh-huh. So if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something else. I'd probably be making more videos if I wasn't doing the podcast. Yeah, I've seen a couple of them. They're really cool, actually. I like doing videos, but I like being silly and mm-hmm. funny and stuff like that. With um, But I also like this genre is cool and it sort of... And I like talking to people and like having conversations with people. Sure. So making the show combines, you know, a bunch of things together that I am passionate about and that I like doing. And it, it has to be that way for me to continue working on it. You know, so when people complain about the show, like, not being technical enough or that I talk too much, what they don't understand is that this is the only way I would make this thing. Like, it's just like this. Absolutely, because to be fair, I mean, if it was super technical, I don't think a lot of people like myself would probably tune in as much as we do. Because, you know, if you're going to lose, I suppose, somebody halfway through because they're talking about technicalities that nobody has an idea of, you know, you just don't really want to... I mean, you kind of want to listen and be entertained. You don't want to be education almost. You don't want to go back to the classroom, really, in a way. So It's not that I won't do shows like that in the future. It's just not what interests me. Like, I like people. Like, yeah. I like meeting people. And mm. But, I mean, I have, I've, I've had enough people over the course of the show, because it's been years, like, where they were always expecting some sort of technical information. And so I'm like, all right, fine, fuck it. Like, this season, I'm going to do a few of those. But, like, I still have to do it my way. Uh, and I want it to be sort of entertaining. Well, yeah, you have to have you put your own stamp on it, absolutely, because it is your show at the end of the day, you know? I'd like to somehow have the audience be bigger. That would be nice. I, I feel like the show that I make is maybe a little too niche and strange that it will never... But I, w- I wish it could. Because honestly, like my dream, yeah. if you want to know what my dream is... Probably Synthwave TV or something like Andy Last TV. Well, I would like, with the real Beyond Synth, mm-hmm. I would love to be able to do that like weekly mm. the actual video show yeah that would be cool um, like a late night talk show and that would be amazing I did the math and 
it would be very expensive. You'll have to wait till artists come into Toronto for you to grab them. Maybe you can't really kind of fly them halfway across the world just to be on your show. No, I mean, I would I would love to be able to do that. I did the math as a joke. I did put that on Patreon after I did the math. Mm-hmm. It's something like something stupid. It's like $12,000 a month or something would have to wow. be the Patreon because the budget would have to allow me to fly artists into Toronto. I'd also have to rent a space where I could build a permanent set. Sure, yeah. Because right, right now, my set is literally half of my living room. And so it's like, if I want to shoot episodes of the show, it's like, the family has to not be here. Yes. So even yeah. recording the show, I have to do it at specific times. And yeah. I would love to be able to have like an actual dedicated studio office to, to do that and, and promote, you know, Synthwave and make it cool. But, you know, I think that would actually be awesome. I really, really would. But um, I suppose you'll have to get people to up their Patreon donorship and uh, try and figure something out. It's amazing right now that people do donate yeah anyways like it's i'm incredibly thankful and of course thank you for for uh supporting the show it means a lot to me yeah i mean to be fair to you i mean i think i've said it to you before on a couple of occasions i mean you are pretty much responsible for like 70 percent of my playlist um, so to be fair you know i think ten dollars or twelve dollars or whatever it is that comes out of my account is small change from my perspective to kind of keep that show going because i mean to be i look forward to it every single week you know i would have never have heard of the likes of droid bishop or takuro spirit gregorio franco all these people i would have never have known in a million years if it wasn't for your show um and by virtue of that then obviously i go and i i pay into you know buying merchandise or whatever off bank camp and things like that so it all sort of feeds in but um you know again you know thank you for you know the show that you put out because without it people like me who have no real exposure to synth wouldn't really have uh, wouldn't really know what to do you know you're like a model synth fan yeah you're behaving in the perfect way well you know it's not like I didn't rehearse this in front of a mirror no I didn't (laughs) (laughs) but uh, no no honestly it's I mean I've said it to you on a couple of occasions I I don't mind uh, telling you over the phone either but uh, yeah keep going Andy you can do it well, I'll try my best. <laughs> I will. Or I'll, or I'll try maybe half-assed or something. It depends. Depends on the week. Yeah, you know. Well, half-ass is better than no ass, you I know? guess. It <laughs> looks weird, though. Anyway, let's uh, listen to some more tunes. Uh, <laughs> so, what do we got? Here's a track from 24-7 from the album Zero Hour. There's a bunch of uh, great tracks on this album. And this is the titular Zero Hour.
And that was Zero Hour by 24-7. And that was brought to you by my lovely uh, Patreon supporters in the $5 Club. There's Timothy Pierce, Starlight Fisher, the Barons of Santa Carla, Tristan Waits, Dana Jean Phoenix, Stu M, Night Raptor, and Simon Norberg. Uh, Thank you all for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash beyondsynth. And today we are taking listener calls, and we are back with Ashley Keegan. And and before I forget, I should just say that uh, I appreciate your support uh, of Beyond Synth. You know, I, I hope you enjoyed your little uh, thank you video that I made on the Real Beyond Synth uh, YouTube show. Oh, I did. I absolutely did. I loved it, actually. It was uh, rather interesting. <laughs> I was kind of thinking you might roast me alive, but you didn't. So that was kind of cool. I'm not too keen on roasting people or being mean. Like, if ever I make fun of people... It's always for stuff that I think is fair. Like, if some dude had, like, a limp or something, like, I wouldn't go after the limp, because I'm like, well, if that's a fucking physical thing that person can't deal with, you know, that's not very funny. But if he says stupid things, I'll go after that, because you have a choice as an adult to say stupid things or not say stupid things. Exactly. No, you're dead right. Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Well, no, I I did enjoy my Patreon video. That was kind of cool. Thank you. I find the alliteration of the word buxom beauty to be very funny. Like, I've always loved... (laughs) Well, it was. I mean, it was really funny because it followed on from the previous slide, which showed that guy (laughs) with his top off. (laughs) So it was like... What the hell? That's some, that's some great contouring, or he's got some set of pecs. Yeah, that's what we call some clever juxtaposition. Or incredible juxtaposition. There you go. Hey, there you, you go. Have that. Juxtaposition. You can have that. Actually, hold on. I will have that. <laughs> juxtaposition. I, I'm trying to think now how I can use that. There you go. Juxtaposition. All right, I'm, I'm thinking of like a visual gag here that I can use. I am sure you are. Anything to do with tits, you're all over it. <laughs> You know what it is? I just love the word. I think it's a funny word. It is a funny word. It's hilarious. I try and drop it into every conversation I have some way, shape, or form, but, you know, it doesn't work well with the boss. The bottom line is this. In a world rife with conflict and and suffering, we can hang our hopes on... On tits? uh, Yeah. Big, big, (laughs) bouncing jugs, all right? Oh, God, if I take nothing away from this conversation, it's going to be that line. Beyond Synth is a place that brings people together. And uh, no image personifies that more than than two giant boobs sandwiched (laughs) together and then sort of like uh, restricted in some sort of corset. Or do do you say bustier? Is that the way you pronounce it? Bustier, yeah. Bustier, yeah. Yeah. Well, basically corset. Well, a bustier would would be somewhat, I suppose, maybe for burlesque burlesque i don't understand burlesque <laughs> why not i go to burlesque shows a lot why don't, why don't you understand and I'll, I'll help you figure it out because it's not a strip show i know but that's the good thing about it though yeah see i don't get it needs a little bit to the imagination is that the point is it to be titillating yes there goes that word again you have to put tit into every conversation well no but i feel like it's ladies like the point is it's some sort of like empowering thing i think like if women were putting on like a burlesque show they would be offended if they knew that there was dudes in the audience with bone i mean uh, with the uh, like who are in <laughs> <laughs> with them with, interests with them. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever cut myself off from saying the word boner before. But, I, you know, like, I feel like it's just like, hey, man, that's not what this is about. Yeah. I brought a guy in a second date to a burlesque show once. 
That was interesting. Look, I know I know people involved in these burlesque stuff, and I don't get it because it's like, as far as like men are concerned, I know the way like a guy brain works, and we're just excited by seeing female forms. It, men are very simple. Yeah. Uh, that way. <laughs> burlesque sort of straddles that weird line of, it's not a strip show, but I don't think a man's brain comprehends the difference? I think it's I think it's more cabaret. I mean, you know, I mean, you go back to the Moulin Rouge in Paris and things like that. I think it's more cabaret. But, I mean, dudes still go. I mean, there's plenty of dudes in the audience. No, you know? I, I know they do. I just, I don't know why. <laughs> I feel like it's more like a thing for women almost. Like it's a, look at us, like we're flaunting our sexuality, but it's not a show about sexuality, but it kind of is because we're wearing sexy outfits. Oh, but no, I, I would be the first person to tell you that it is massively about sexuality. It's all about sexuality and it's all about empowerment, but it's how it's delivered, you know? Obviously, you know, relating to strip shows and whatever the case may be, that's fine. The burlesque end of things is more aesthetics. It's more theater, it's more cabaret. Right, see, because I feel like at the heart of it, okay, Mm -hmm. this is where knowing the way the male brain works. Like, I felt this way, okay? Similar situation. Mm -hmm. My wife, many, many years ago, took me to a ballet, right? Sure. Now. Don't tell me you got a bone or a ballet. No, I did not. I have have zero interest (laughs) in the ballet, okay? So I was like, okay, whatever. Sure. And there's like ladies in fur coats and things like this, you know, old ladies, you know, watching the ballet. Mm -hmm. Now, when the ballet is going on, the only thing I noticed the whole time was that these dudes' dicks are just on display. Like, they're wearing these, like, spandex pants. You know, the, yeah, but, but they're not the dicks. They're like, they're the cod pieces. Well, the point is, they all they all got these... There's just this bulge. They all have this bulge, right? There's all these old people here who are all acting so classy sure, that, yeah. oh, they're at the ballet, and you know, they all have those little fucking binoculars, and they're just looking right at the bulge. <laughs> and they're sitting there like, oh, but we can get away with it because we're here at a fucking classy thing, you know? <laughs> And I feel like there's something disingenuous about men who go to burlesque, who say, you know, who are there for the art, you know, in quotes. And meanwhile, oh, I, I know I, deep I, down. I appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that completely because I know exactly where you're coming from. I mean, I would literally tell you there is no bloke there that I know of that goes for the art. So that's the thing. So, yeah, like I still think if a dude goes to a burlesque show, it's just to be sort of excited, but on a lesser extent than going to just like a strip show. And maybe there's more art to the burlesque and the cabaret and there's more fancy Mm. dancing going on. But men are so basic when it comes to like we're just very visual. Absolutely. Because, I mean, a strip show by virtue of being a strip show is a visceral thing. Um, I suppose when you're when there's a, a burlesque performer on stage, it's more the theater and the art. But, you know, having said that, they're sort of similar, except obviously the burlesque has a bit more, I suppose, planted in the 1920s and 1930s with the fan and the feathers and the, all that kind of thing. I kind of dig that. I like it. Yeah, see, but you can because you're a lady, you see? <laughs> True. If I was at a burlesque show the whole time, I'd just be thinking like, well, I, w- I wonder what she's like naked because that's like that's where my brain and i'm not even like a strip show guy they're pretty much naked though to be fair mm. you don't you don't see the nipples but you see everything else pretty much <laughs> and are we back to panties again i think we came full circle didn't we yeah that's the bottom line is uh <laughs> is this 
This is the kind of show I run. Apparently, this is a music <laughs> show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so look, we could probably wrap this up here. We've been chatting for a while. Uh-huh. But uh, listen, it was fun to chat with you. Yeah, likewise. Absolutely. Thank you for supporting the show. Oh, my pleasure. And keep on working that hotel thing. What do you do there? Like, are you on a phone? I'm on a phone predominantly, yeah, but I'm also meeting guests as well, and I look after film production crews and things like that. Film. Uh-huh. I like the way you say film. Film. I know. My accent kind of film. leaked out there. Sorry. It's like there's film. an extra uh, uh, vowel between the L and the M. <laughs> it's a film. I know. It's a film. 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 Exactly. But uh, now it's been really good to talk to you, Andy. It's good to uh, finally hear that voice and that laugh. Mm. Loud and then glorious technicolor. Yeah, man. I uh, have a ridiculous laugh. So that's Yes, a- you do. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, listen, you have fun in Ireland. I will. I hope uh, everything goes your way. Take care. Bye. All right, and that was Ashley Keegan. It's nice to talk to listeners. It's always fun. Uh, look, we're running low on time, man, so I should just thank... I think I left out a few Patreon supporters this week, so I want to thank Matthew Lister and Bobby B, Roman, Joe Ozone, Gus Velasek, and Kai. Thank you so much for supporting Beyond Synth, and thanks for listening, everybody. So I got a whole bunch of fun interviews planned. For the next few months, uh, so you should uh, enjoy the show, man. Lots of lots of cool guests coming up. A lot of uh, new guests that I haven't talked to before, and a few returning favorites. I think next week is a returning guest, Makeup and Vanity Set, because I haven't talked to him in like two seasons, and he's made a lot of music since I chatted with him last. So we're gonna talk to him, and uh, it'll be a good time. So look, thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. Tune in next time, and have a lovely weekend. Make sure you max and relax and shoot some b-ball outside of the school and all the stuff that I'm going to be doing. And I'll talk to you next time on Beyond Synth, the best synthwave chat show there is. Thanks for Thanks for listening to Beyond Synth. If you would like to support Beyond Synth, please visit patreon.com forward slash beyond synth. And don't forget to check out Beyond Synth on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Instagram. If you want to submit your music for the show, please email it to beyondsynth at gmail.com. Have a lovely day.